Hello and welcome to another episode of The Weekend with Candor Beach. Today we were thinking of doing something slightly different. We are still going to talk about our, our, the, the topics that caught our eye. But today we are going to focus on how they might likely impact the economic market around the world. So starting with the US job market. Economists estimated about 180,000 jobs to be added in January, but we saw 353,000 instead. Last year, this time, we saw a similar rise, like an outsized growth, which could indicate seasonal hiring. But if you're considering a stunning growth, as Financial Times put it, in jobs in the U.S., that is likely going to put in more money in the hands of the people. Average wage has grown as well by about 4.5% over the last 12 months. So you are talking about more money in circulation. We are talking about, Pavel, talk, uh, Pavel did mention, right, that uh, there are going to be no rate cuts uh, in March for sure. And this jobs growth, num these jobs numbers have assured us that it is very, very unlikely that there's going to be a rate cut in March because mm -hmm there's going to be more money circulating in the in, uh, the economy with more people employed. Um, there's going to be more spending. So if you look at this in information in isolation, up until say April, May, we are unlikely to see a rate hike. Inflation might stay the same or increase slightly because again, more money in the environment. And with increasing inflation, the, the stock market should likely go up a little bit, right? Because this positively impacts revenue, even if it negatively impacts costs. Um, what are your thoughts, economy-wise? Yeah, the, um, since the inflation's gonna be up, um, you're right, the market will be on an upward trajectory. So maybe with like minor pullbacks. Mm -hmm. um, with regards to that, the market will be like that. And another thing is, uh, Democrats are actively trying to uh, let illegal aliens work, uh, get like, let them uh, get, um, you know, um, working work permits, um, work permits uh, in, uh, in their states, in the blue states. So that is also might change a little bit of the hiring strategy and the jobs, uh, job numbers. So it is a little different, but um, it is what it is, man. You know, it's, they're giving more priority to illegal aliens than American citizens. And I'm not saying this as a, mm -hmm. again, I have no horse in the race, but what I'm getting yeah. at is uh, like allowing illegal immigrants to work does not equal sacrificing American jobs necessarily. Like if there are 500 jobs and there are a hundred Americans, might as well fill up the rest with whatever labor you have. We don't know yes, is what I'm getting at. Since you said that, I think, you know, um, this, will, this will continue on the second topic too, when we talk about, um, yeah. they are, you know, like they're trying to actively um, recruit illegal aliens uh, into the military. So, because then Americans are not participating in their military. like. American military fell short of hiring uh, for this year very badly. So who's going to come to rescue illegal aliens? Fascinating. So again, just yeah. to conclude what we've discussed so far, we're talking about uh, more money in the economy, curtsy, more jobs, 
like more jobs filled so more money meaning there is potential for inflation to go up a little bit which assures us that there will be no foreseeable rate cuts at least up until may um so yeah the the stock market this is this is something that's going to boost the stock market in my opinion like at least to a certain yeah. extent unless it's already priced mm-hmm. in which which is beyond my ken but is quite likely to have already happened now something that could pull things down is the fact that the us is looking at retaliatory strikes against iran it's it already did it it's not looking at it already did 85 a series strikes, right? of a series of retaliatory yeah. strikes they've already started yeah. with one they shot they had uh, b1 bombers fly in from the us all the way to the middle east and bomb what 85 targets yeah fantastic all right? that for uh, carbon neutrality right flying all the way uh, translate uh, <laughs> carbon neutrality oh, trans- is for the likes of sri lanka it's not for yeah. it's not for the us it's not the for, it's no, not no, for no, the first that, world you, you know what's so funny right so trump actually brought this up there was this meeting with trump was talking to his generals and one of the generals like yeah we're introducing electric tanks fully electric tanks goes like yeah we we bombing you know we bombing everywhere but then yeah our tanks are uh, environmentally friendly you know how like when people are buying electric vehicles their first thought is uh, ra- that they have that range anxiety will i be able to get from point yeah. a to point b without having to refuel <laughs> imagine tanks going across and be like uh oh yeah they ran out of juice they, imagine they got to go from baghdad all the way to Tehran, you know, they have to charge it like every every ten, uh, like every hundred kilometers. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. So all right. So we've got we've got a growth in jobs, which could boost uh, boost the uh, the market. We've got potential war in the offing. Like you already have Ukraine, Russia. We talked about this mm. a bunch of times. Ukraine, Ukraine Russia, Russia, Israel. Israel, uh, Gaza, Palestine. then yeah. you have, uh, um, you know, like you have, um, then now this is starting up. Syria is going to be huge. You know, all these, uh, you know, this is the battlefield, right? Syria is the battlefield. It's been a battlefield. Now it's again starting up to be a battlefield. Yeah. Kind of sucks. For yeah. Us. So on top of that, what is something um, in our neighborhood, which is happening is U.S. approved uh, MQ-9 uh, reaper drones for india oh which is yeah so i mean it was this this deal was going it's been mulling for a, for a while now finally the state department agreed and now it's going to go to the congress for an approval which is going to go through and see the the one thing about these drones are like they can they can uh travel at thirty thousand um feet altitude and uh-huh. just uh, and they're equipped with Hellfire missiles. So Hellfire missiles are very, very, very powerful because they have um, GPS tracking and they are very accurate to the pinpoint. Oh, you mean the bombs have uh, GPS? Yeah, tracking. the bombs which are yeah the bombs which are equipped on the uh, the uh, the Reaper drones. All right, I was picturing like a, I was picturing like an Uber app of sorts. Oh, that's where my that's where my bomber is. <laughs> yeah, so right, understood. Um, 
we also had the interim budget from India, uh, like from India, like we are Indians, um, mm-hmm. our interim budget, like we have an election mm-hmm. year and during election years, the full budget doesn't come out until June. Uh, you have an interim mm-hmm. budget in February. Uh, what we saw was that we continued to support uh, the Maldives despite the recent uh, conflagra- not conflagrations, but the, you know the the mood hasn't been the best between Maldives and India. But India is still supporting Maldives. I don't necessarily think it's out of the goodness of our heart because there are it is strategically significant at the end of the day, right? Like it's they're close to India. And yeah. it was the same deal with uh, Sri Lanka when they allowed for China to buy up their port, because now you mm-hmm. have you have China controlling that. Um, China's already shown uh, sh- shown its hand in uh, Africa, where they bought out mines. I forget what mines, but were they lithium mines? Um, yeah, the, lithium was in South America. I think it was uh, cobalt. No, this mines. was way back. Um, maybe like this was way back like yeah 10 years ago or so they've been buying mm-hmm. debt of african countries as well just to get a foothold in uh, in those countries so what i'm getting at is we still have this fractious um, conversation of sorts or relationship of sorts with china even though we are a part of the BRICS uh group of nations we still that there, there is still this thing up in the air india is a part of BRICS. india is a part of um uh, the quad but mm-hmm. and so to an extent india has a certain degree of neutrality in in the world even with the R- ukraine russia conversation india didn't pick sides and uh, so there is this neutrality but then china is flexing its muscle hong kong like there were there was i think the sports authority mm-hmm. of hong kong or somebody uh, something related to hong kong they didn't put up the chinese flag even though they're sort of like a federation of China, and so they were they weren't allowed to participate uh, in some sports truck. Similarly, you yeah. have uh, you have conversations about China's aggression in the South China Sea. All those countries there uh, worried that they are not going to be able to operate in their own waters. Yeah. So what I was uh, wanted to know is like, see, you you mentioned the budget, right? So mm-hmm. we have a capex expenditure of uh, eleven lakh crores, um, you know, for scheduled this for yeah for this financial year. So I want you to see if you can say something about how much of this capex is going to affect the military sector or the defense sector of India, because there is a massive push uh, to go, um, you know, building in the country. So certain parts, like like. You know, they had that order of um, helicopters and Tejas um, uh, uh, airplanes, right? So what, are you, what is your perspective on the market with regards to the CapEx expenditure? Right, fantastic. It, uh, I was just going to say that the point of all our conversation is to understand the, the potential conflagrations that might erupt uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. And that was why we were just talking about China and Maldives and allocations and such. Like Taiwan, China could still happen. Um, mm. India has been because there has been certain Chinese aggression in uh, in the northeast. India has been looking at uh, shoring up the border there, basically act, creating better access to the to the border, wider roads, yeah. clo- housing that's closer to uh, closer to the borders. Because China has been doing the same thing from their side, 
through uh, mm-hmm. Tibet. So yeah, border infrastructure. Yeah, so India it has been looking at infra- investing in uh, logistics and border infrastructure overall. <laughs> there was this conversation that our uh, foreign minister had, had where he said that there was like in 2014 there was this uh, joke of sorts like the easiest way of keeping China away from your borders is by keeping them open and unguarded because there was this whole uh, Chindia conversation and we don't yeah, need to get into yeah, that yeah. but I think, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think it's a, a significant amount. If I I don't remember the exact numbers. You said 11 lakh crores, right? But off of that, how much of that is going to go into building logistics and uh, well, uh, empowering our borders? I don't know. I don't know. So, I I I would get um I I want to say something about it because yeah. um if you look at it the 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 national highway or the freeways now which is being constructed are at a an international um you know like um they are able to like the international standards why i say this because in america germany all these countries right so the these um freeways can take the entire load of tanks or these big airplanes like you know you remember when yeah. uh prime minister modi landed that um uh you know cargo plane on that um on the on the freeway last year it's it's just not just a show it's not something to show this is to say that this is the new roads are have the capacity if like god forbid if india gets into war we have the capacity to move or you know have, you know move tanks uh trans you know, around the country anywhere at, at a, a breakneck speed that's what it is being so done so could you shoot straight to uh the like with the focus on the markets like what what would war do to our markets and what is this infrastructure going to do to our markets in your opinion so yeah so the war i, I would say the in the capex expenditure is very good for the you know building of freeways yeah. like I think all from north to south there is this huge push of uh building um you know um freeways uh, across the country and um you know like uh, and then there is this um uh, uh corridors which are being built like the um, you know uh dedicated freight corridors which are very very useful so I would say the market will be positively uh, affected uh post election because you know like um we we already know uh, most of the people know that bjp is going to retain power um it's it's uh, it's already uh, even the even the opposition agrees uh, i mean they've they, been they they've imploded yeah. right they imploded with so, nitish kumar's thing as well fair yeah. so so yeah Although market in, will in go bombay up. Yeah. in in bombay there was this uh, shooting incident like a bjp mla apparently shot a mm. uh, uh, shinde something but don't yeah, remember yeah. exactly so moving on um let's talk a little bit about the other minor topics for sure um, but we just, have just one bit like w- what you didn't cover <laughs> was what happens if war breaks out though like you talked about oh, yeah. a boost so, but if if war does break out there mm-hmm. will be the market will be impacted regardless you know there will be ah. a you know crash in the market the Very market well. will crash yeah. so i mean any war will 
crash the market. But India's market, I feel, is very resilient uh, to uh, come back if if it does if does war break out. Um, so here's a quick like a reason behind why the markets are impacted. Like even when Ukraine, uh, Russia occurred in February, like two years ago now, uh, the market dipped promptly because we are talking about a disruption in supply chain for one, because, mm-hmm. uh, and I understand that globalization is contracting and we're seeing friend shoring and near shoring and such. Uh, but it does impact supply chains. And secondly, when your country goes into war, you are deploying significant resources. You're taking away resources from, say, healthcare, manufacturing, and whatever, in, yeah. and putting that money into uh, infrastructure for military. You are also conscripting uh, people. So there's the, the, there's a shift in human resources. The labor shortage. Absolutely. So these are factors yeah. that are going to impact your economy, that these are things that you need to keep in mind should your country uh, get into war. Go to war. Yeah. yeah. All right, so on to the minor topics. So, Fire Avesa. I think one of the minor topics, I don't know if it's minor, um, Google Bard uh, is um, doing the, the picture thing, right? So what do you call the? the it can now yeah, generate images. Yeah. yeah. So similar to, uh, what do you use? The, I use stable, uh, stable uh, diffusion. Stable diffusion. Automatic 1111 yeah. uh, stable diffusion. Uh, but you also have Midjourney. Midjourney is an incredibly popular mm-hmm. resource. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time before ChatGPT does it as well. And like, I have a clear preference at this point in time because I, I feel like ChatGPT is done a little better. Funnily enough, like ChatGPTs come from Google uh, engineers, right? Like they moved, they created OpenAI with the entire move and whatever. Long story short, Bard is Bard is better placed. To yeah, to win. Bard is catching up. I would say it's you better know, place they, to win. They, like once yeah. they get there, I think it's only a matter of time before they beat out ChatGPT. Unless Microsoft is a, yep. and OpenAI are able to do something drastic, they have to mm-hmm. figure out a way to lock down the their uh, customer base. Otherwise, like there's no switching cost, right? Like I'm not paying necessarily to use the product. Yeah. Okay. So um, what else? We'll come back. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about the finance thing, right? So you know we should have continued with the. What are you? What are your thoughts on the 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 meltdown of Paytm? Like how um, RBI. So we have a you know a fintech uh, a company called Paytm, which does which was the pioneer of uh, one communication. UBI. One yeah, uh, one ninety seven. One ninety seven. Yeah. So. Right. No, just a, a, a brief intro for our audience. It's just Paytm is like uh, the cash app of uh, India. Like you can transfer, um, you know, ca- like money uh, instantaneously using the technology of UPI. Digital wallets, um, UPI. It also serves yeah. as a, a so bank of sorts. Paytm blew up during uh, the demonetization era of India. So when there was a demonetization of uh, the thousand and five hundred rupee notes, everybody had cash crunch, and it became people started to adopt uh, digital uh, payment systems like Paytm. So Paytm's rise started in I think after the demonetization, and post that it had a lot of uh, issues. So 
the reason RBI uh, was vigilant on uh, Paytm was because of this KYC issue. So it started in 2018 itself. It started in 2018 itself because there were instances where like Paytm was accused of uh, colluding with China because uh, is Tencent Mm. uh, an investor or Alibaba? Yeah. Ali, Alibaba is an Alibaba. investor, I think, right, so yeah, 10% was, of, uh, no, I was talking they own 10%. 10%. Cent. I'm not sure if Tencent owned uh, Paytm. Fair, whatever. So there was a Chinese mm. company that, uh, like, there were conversations where uh, this KYC thing that, that, that was potentially, like, the information gathered by KYC, Know Your Customer, that data was potentially being given to China. And uh, mm. so the RBI said regulations got asked for Paytm to comply. And in five, six years, if it started in 2018, we're in 2024 right now. In five and a half, six years, they have not been able to comply. So I think it was only right for the RBI to step in and uh, take punitive action. So Yeah, I think Paytm, uh, like RBI got frustrated with them. You know, there, there were there were a lot of issues too. I'll 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 elaborate a little bit of my issues with Paytm too. Go ahead. What I was going to get at is like overall, without getting into uh, getting into the weeds with this. Overall, we've seen the financial sector pull back, correct quite a bit. The entire financial sector towards the end of January corrected. I believe mm. that they are currently at support or close to support and have been bouncing back over the last several days. HDFC Bank, one of the biggest banks in the world today, uh, it was at what, 1380? That was the absolute low and it went up to, it's currently at 1460 ish. Yep. So yep. I believe that it found support around the 14, uh, 1380, 1420 mark and is shooting up again. Uh, similarly, you have other banks like uh, or other financial sector stocks like uh, PFC, REC. They're all pushing back up Bajaj Finance. So I think over the next three months or so, it is likely over the next quarter, four months, it is likely to uh, it is likely to succeed. They're they're likely to recover by April. I yeah. think we are going to hear good news. Plus, with the BJP coming back in, as you alluded earlier, most likely, like let's not say, like let's not treat it as a foregone conclusion, but like they are unlikely to see opposition. Opposition's already imploded, so it is likely that the market's going to Fingers continue crossed. its current trajectory. You were going to talk about so, a browse with Paytm. Yeah, so I remember when I was uh, traveling by road. Um, I think we were going Chennai. Um, Paytm. I used to have this uh, fast tag which is connected to Paytm. And after I came back, you know, and I was getting these charges on this uh, fa- uh, fast tag, where I was not even driving. So, and I, whenever I tried to report it to Paytm, and they would never care for it. Like there were like multiple charge uh, charges on it. And I got frustrated. I canceled it, and I moved to another company. But Paytm was so bad at customer service; like they don't even reply back to you. Like even you can write however, how many ever times. So, like as a customer perspective, that was that was one of the biggest problems I had. So I see where RBI is coming from. There were a lot of issues with Paytm. I mean, RBI is looking at regulatory compliance. You're looking at customer experience. Yes. Yeah. 
So I don't. Sure. It's a tenuous connection, but whatever. We can move on. Um, yeah. You wanted to talk about Elon Musk, fifty-five billion dollars. Yeah. So in compensation rejected. Uh, Did you no, I want to talk about, about the Neuralink. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was yeah, just thinking about Elon Musk. <laughs> Go for it. No, but the Neuralink. I think it's uh, they achieved their first. Uh, like they put their uh, the what link, is the Neuralink? The like just a quick. So like who does it serve? Quick, uh, what is it? Okay, Neuralink is like a connection between the they uh, the, it's like an implant uh, put in the head. Uh, so it'll connect to a computer, and um, you know if you have any problems, like if you're a quadriplegic or if you're blind, um, it achieves to. Um, you know, alleviate these issues. Like if you're, you can get uh, your your if you're par- uh, if you're paralyzed, your they can activate these certain neurons to make you walk again, or you know, or connect directly into your um, optic nerve, and you'll be able to see. You know, it's it's a it's an ongoing research. I'm not saying it's already achieved it. Um, it, it you know, it has a a path of six years down the lane. Um, and they for, they achieved their first step of in, uh, implanting the N1 implant with a robot uh, robot called R1, which is implanting in the brain. So um, a little diff. What is a little different about the Neuralink and other competitors? Like there is another company called BlackRock um, um, and uh, BlackRock. What do you call it? I if you could just get to it, name. please. Yeah, yeah so just get to it. So BlackRock, Neurotech, and uh, Synergen. So there are these two companies which they implant outside the the brain, but this is inside the brain on directly so onto the neuron. Procedure. Yeah, it's pretty invasive. So, so it has um, um, a long way to go, but it's a first step achievement. Cool. All right. Yeah. So that was quite interesting. We were talking about. Bard AI generating images. We're talking about the neural mm-hmm. link, and uh, we made quite a circuitous conversation about PTM and the financial sector. Yeah. I think we're good. That's quite a solid half hour of information. So, do you yeah. want to leave anything? Uh, do you want to leave our viewers with anything? Any thoughts for um, until next time? So. I would ask you if if um, what is, I would say something to do with the Neuralink thing. Would do you think uh, this is going to reduce the dependency on the pharmaceutical industry? Is something to think about because if it's going to alleviate all these issues, how well it's going to go with the pharmaceutical and, industry is something to think about. And if you think about it, like with the Neuralink and uh, the BART conversation, how is AI going to impact the job market? We've seen such a strong growth in the job market. Mm. How is AI going to de- deal with that over the next year? Well, that's our yeah. show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to catch you on the next one. Yep. Thank you. Bye.